0: Hi! Thanks for listening to Quest, friends. What you're about to listen to is the first episode of our sci-fi Numenera campaign. If you're new to the show, we actually recommend starting not here, but with the first episode of Hereafter, which is our Ghost and Ghoul-themed campaign. That episode is titled One, An Oasis of Ghosts. That being said, if you still want to listen to this episode, let me be the first to welcome you, ...to a world... One billion years in the future! Mankind's dominance over the Earth has long since been usurped by technological advances and visitors from beyond the stars. And much like the reign of the dinosaurs, each new world has climbed out of its predecessors' ashes before meeting a harsh finish. Now, in the ninth such world, humanity struggles for survival on a planet ravaged by powerful artifacts. Will the heroes learn to master the magic of the past? Or will they unleash horrors unbound by natural reality? Find out on a journey with your quest friends! God, I'm terrible. Welcome to, welcome to Quest Friends. We're all friends here, and we're all going to go on a quest together. That's what we're doing. We're friends. We're questing friends. Quest friends. Um, so this is going to be a DD and d podcast. Uh, well, not D&D. It's going to be a role-playing podcast, although most people think of role-playing like Dungeons & Dragons. Um, so I'm going to explain what role-playing is. Hi, I'm Kyle. I'm your DM. I'm your GM. I'm your Game Master. I'm the one in charge of things and as you can tell i got a very good handle on what's going on uh so before we start what is role playing well i'm glad you asked random listener uh role playing uh, is kind of a form of collaborative storytelling where everyone's going to take on the role of one character so every one of our four players today that's not including me is going to take on the role of a character they control what that character is like they control what that the actions that character makes so if like You know, if John, the character, decides to open a door, uh, his player is going to control that. I am the Game Master, and I am, I'm God, baby. I am everything else in this universe. I play every other character, I write the setting, I set up the challenges, and I, plus random chance by dice, decide whether or not the things that the characters try to do works. So there is some element of planning, so like, I've got to set up the challenges, I've got to set up the setting, but a lot of what you're going to listen to today is improvised. It's improvised storytelling. As the players are given challenges and then they respond to them. And then I respond to them responding, and it's just kind of back and forth, and eventually we're just doing an improv scene. Um, and something very important to mention we're playing a system called Numenera, which I'll explain in more detail later. But for those of you who might re- listen to this and want to try role playing, and for those of you who know the system very well, it's important to mention that with role playing, there are baseline rules, but I'm going to tweak some, remove some, and add my own. The same applies for the story universe. So if you comment, Hey, you didn't listen to that rule. I know I didn't, and I chose not to. And the rule book says that's okay. <laughs> God, I'm too aggressive for introductions. Alright, so let's get to the introduction of this game. So Numenera. This is for the players too. Numenera take... Uh, well, actually, let's just all introduce myself, ourselves first, not our players. So I'm Kyle. I am your GM today. I will be God... But as you can, as you'll see soon, God has very little power in the role-playing universe.
1: All right. Well, I am playing an android character. It's an, a genderless android uh, named Misha. So Misha is actually, and this is a common thing that people should know, is a, an android that has relatively few memories. It's an android that, like, like they have existed longer then they can remember things. Like there was some sort of problem with software or whatever. So really to Misha, they have been only like conscious of only like a month. So they don't really know much about anything about humans, but they are really interested about it, about them, uh, especially because like they feel like they have a, a a big connection with them, even though they don't know why. Uh, And so they're just very obsessed and try to, be as human as possible uh, while being an android, uh, and so they are not a punching person necessarily. They actually—they're a nano, right? What a nano? Yes, they are a okay. They are a nano that uh, an intelligent, intelligent, uh, artificially intelligent nano that speaks to the data sphere. So, description-wise, uh, this uh, Misha is. Relatively taller than an average human, um, they uh, have mismatched color eyes. So from a distance, Misha does look like a human. They they look like a perfectly proportioned human. But then when when approaching Misha, it's kind of obvious that it's like it's almost too perfect. Like the skin is too glossy, and it's not really a skin color that humans have. It's like 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 a mannequin kind of color of skin. Um, and uh, what else? They carry. They have a scarf that's long, and a kazoo instrument that they spend a lot of money on. So,
0: so uh, if I get this right, they are a kazoo toting science wizard who can access Google.
1: Yeah, and so they. The reason why they have the kazoo is also because they are so trusting on humans that they just got conned upon coming to this town, which is the first town that they have ever visited in their life, uh, about, uh, well, to their experiences. Uh, and so they just heard that, you know, that was just a magical instrument and whatever, and they just trusted these really nice-looking vendor people that just decided to take all, all their money, and so he has, they have that instrument now. All
0: right, Hallie, who are you playing today?
2: Uh, I will be playing Hopper Scotch who is sometimes, because of the way he skips from town to town so quickly, known as Hopscotch. But he hates that name, so he will correct anyone who uses it. Uh, Hopperscotch is basically if Ben Wyatt from Parks and Recreation was cosplaying Jim Hopper from Stranger Things. Um, he is a vigilante, and he's not afraid to throw down and throw a few punches, and he can be a badass. Um, but mostly he's a vigilante of the accounting nature, and he tries to help towns with, like, their financial and bureaucratic problems. Um, he's a real good guy. His actual build is an honorable Jack who meets out justice, so he's just trying to do his best day by day. Um, oh, he has a shield. He wears a shield, um, kind of like a backpack. Like, it's got a strap on it, and he just whips it off when he needs a shield. Um, and then also he wears, like, a dusty leather jacket and a Stetson but the leather jacket has a front right pocket, and in the front right pocket is a calculator-looking object. Uh, Hopper is also a history nerd, but, like, no one appreciates history in the ninth world, so he's, like, never found anyone who shares that particular passion of his, and it makes him sad. And, um,
0: what is... what What is a jack?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. A jack is, like, a rogue. It's, like, the rough equivalent of a rogue. They're good at a lot of things. Um... You know, they don't, they aren't, like, amazing at any one thing. But they have an even, you know, jack-of-all-trades is basically what they are. Alright, how about you, Tom?
0: Uh,
3: I am playing Shock, who is a Bazian Nano who talks to machines. Um, Shock was raised in a distant location called uh, the Wheel of Baz, um, which is a a haven for various types of intelligent machines. Um, he was allegedly found as a baby out in the wastes, uh, and taken back there, uh, jungle book style. And so he has been raised among machines all his life with no other human contact, uh, and has only recently, uh, within the last year decided to go out into the world, uh, salvaging and learning more about his human origins. Uh, He's been traveling for some time to reach the Steadfast. Uh, notably, he's he's very thin and has dirty blonde hair that looks a little bit matted, like he hasn't been able to wash it for a few days. Uh, and he wears a dirty blue robe tied with like a blue cord at his waist uh, and pretty heavily stained down by uh, the feet. And he carries a clear glass staff uh, which at the top begins to uh, split off into what looks like little branches from a dead bush, uh, but still made of glass. Uh, and in general, he's just a science wizard who can telepathically communicate with machines
0: and doesn't get people. Awesome. Uh, and then Emily, you're the last person.
1: Um, so Ellie is a very small old lady. Um, she's a glaive, so she Loving she's like a warrior type character. She she has a folding chair strapped across her back that she fights with. Um, it's made of the same. It's reinforced by the same material that she actually has in her bones. Her what call it. Her focus is Fuse's Flesh and Steel, and her big character identifier visibly is she's got a ginormous hat with a bunch of junk on it, including three lit candles.
0: Was that a good... I might cut at this part. Was that a good enough introduction? Can we move on to the game itself?
2: Yeah, I think it was fine.
0: Okay, good. All right, so the game we're playing, as I said, we're not playing Dungeons and Dragons. We are playing Numenera. So Numenera is a game that takes place one billion years in the future. So since today, there have been eight worlds. Some have been by human, ruled by humans, some haven't. So like our world, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Tom, our world right now is the first world. And eventually, some kind of... As far as we know, yes. What?
3: As far as we know, yes.
0: Yeah, okay. So as far as we know, civilization right now, 2017, is the first world. Eventually, hopefully not soon, the apocalypse is going to happen- and society is going to fall apart, and the second world is going to come ha- and happen. And this is going to repeat a bunch and bunch of times. It's going to repeat eight times until we we'll are placed one billion years in the future, and we're in the ninth world. Uh, and humans are still around, luckily enough. Um, we weren't always in charge, but we're still around. Um, now, we don't know any in, in, in the ninth world. We don't know anything about the previous worlds besides the weird shit they've left behind. So, like, that, that weird stuff you'd find on Craigslist, that is an artifact now. That's some mythological artifact that people don't know how to use. Um, The Ninth World itself is kind of... It's like... It's this medieval-style scavenger society where people are taking these old relics that are really heavy sci-fi and kind of using them like magic. Um, And most of human society exists kind of west of this mountain range and then everywhere else exists everywhere else. So that's that's the basics of Numenera. So our story begins in the small herding village of Rhubarb, located to the west of the Black Riage, the prominent mountain range that separates society from everything else. So it's part of this wealthy northern country of, I think it's pronounced Navarine. Is that right, Tom? Yes. So Navarine, which is of, uh, of the many countries on the west, uh, it's, the wealth, it's the really wealthy one at the north. So Navarine. Although Rhubarb doesn't actually seem that wealthy. Uh, Because while you might find an electric tether here, or a telepathic sheepdog there, for the most part, the people get by by the grit of their teeth. And grit they have, making their pay by taming a multitude of wild creatures. Including anines, which are actually genuinely amiable creatures that are basically... They're like bipedal uh, dino camels. So they're like dinosaur camels on two legs. Um, You've got blood barms, which are tiny horror turkeys that are, like, turkey-sized, but they don't have a head, and they're covered with, like, red egg sacs everywhere. Oh, fun. And then you've got broken hounds, which are, like, these horrific dog-like creatures that have bony bird heads. Uh, These broken hounds are interesting because they're generally impossible to tame, and yet you'll find half a dozen of these hounds happily accompanying their human companion to the sheds each each morning. Essentially, this is a small, uh, idyllic town that's kind of rough and tumble Uh, and is raising a lot of a lot of livestock that normally isn't raised and a lot of people think can't or shouldn't be raised. Uh, And we're gonna start, uh, we're gonna start actually with Ari's character. We're gonna start with Misha. Because everyone is here because the town has been posting a call for anyone daring, desperate, or deluded enough to adventure for hire. Okay, so Ari Your character is going to enter enter the entrance to the mayor's office, which coincidentally is in a back room of the town bar. The bar is alive with what I call life and strife. So basically people are just fighting everywhere. Food and fists are flying and there's just a massive bar fight. But everyone seems to be having a good time. Like you've got friends smiling at each other and then just punching each other's (laughs) teeth out. Uh, And so Ari, you're going to enter this bar uh, as a band... There's a band playing in the corner, and you can see them, like, ducking as, like, food and, like, beers being thrown over them. And you can see across the entrance. Uh, so you registered, but you gotta you gotta say you're here. And uh, across the entrance at the bar, you see this pleasant woman just kind of casually washing dishes and not paying attention to anything.
1: Okay. Um, Alright. So, Misha is just gonna enter to the bar. Um, and it's going to... Uh, they is going to stand and look around, look, uh, being a little bit puzzled, but at the same time uh, just, like, taking it all in. And then it's going to approach the... Is there any sort of, like, bartender person? Yeah, that's is, that
0: really nice old lady that's, is that... Is is that the re- woman? Yeah, that really nice okay. lady that's so- walking dishes. She's the bartender. All right, she sees you come over and she says... Well, hello there, dear. How are you doing today?
1: Uh, I'm going to be like, oh, why? Hello there, unidentified bartender. Uh, I am doing quite well. Uh, I am. Uh, I am seeing that there is quite a uh, event right now in this in this place. Is this an special location?
0: You know those boys. They just go crazy for Thursday night brawl out.
1: Thursday night rollout, yeah, Thursday. and, uh, can I, um, so I want to, uh, use my, um, uh, like, speak to the data, data sphere thing to kind of try to figure out what that means.
0: So one thing to mention is that everybody in this game has abilities that they can use. So what is this speaks to the data? Can you explain how this ability
1: works? Um, as I understand it... Um, as I understand it, it, um, I know it's a it's a way that it's kind of like googling for something on. So, like, my character has the ability that is, they is are kind of connected to these like, nomenera entity called the datasphere. And correct me if I'm wrong, Tom or Kyle. Yeah, uh, the datasphere
0: and... is essentially. Imagine if the internet was the atmosphere. That's the data sphere. Yes,
1: right. And so Misha kind of can commu- not communicate with it, but can have access to it more easily to like look for information. You can do that and once so... a day, right? I think so. Okay. Yes. All right. So I'm gonna spend it on trying to figure out what Thursday night roll uh, is. Do
0: you have to? Do you have to roll for that, or can you just do it?
1: Ah uh, shit. Um.
0: While Ari looks that up, I'm going to explain how rolling works. So, um, as you can see, Ari's character, Misha, is trying to do something right now. uh, And characters can decide to do whatever they want, but that does not mean it's going to work. Um, So what essentially happens is some things work automatically, some things you have to roll for. So that's what Ari's checking right now, to see whether or not she has to roll for it. Um, But if a character has to roll, essentially they take a dice with 20 sides and they roll it. And higher numbers means that mean that they're more likely to succeed. Uh, but if they don't reach a certain number, so let's say they have to roll a 15 to succeed. If they roll a 12, they just fail. And if they roll a 1, they fail in a spectacular way. But a nice compromise to that yes. is if they roll a 20, they automatically succeed, and they succeed in a spectacular way. So that's a critical fail and a critical success.
3: The rules won't say, um, the rules won't say whether or not you have to roll. Uh, it's it's basically up to you whether or not you want to require a roll for it. okay.
0: Uh, well in that case, this is a pretty simple question. So you're gonna you're gonna ask yeah. the data sphere. All right, what what are yeah. I know the data sphere doesn't actually look like the internet, but to keep this Google comparison going, what are you typing into the data sphere? What are your keywords?
1: <laughs> I want to say, um, normal human traditions on Thursday night rolls. <laughs>
0: all right so um you look deep deep into the data sphere and you find that brawls are things that usually enemies do like it's usually a type of fight Uh. you also find some sort of there was some sort of like um like digital you 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 get the sense that way way back in one of the previous worlds there was also like some sort of like digital versions of this but they had like plumbers and, but and, and a lot like this they had like plumbers and miners and like like everyday workers <laughs> a couple of anthropomorphic animals as well um so that's that's what the data sphere tells you about about brawls oh, it's usually something enemies do, have done but there was some sort of electronic entertainment that was related to friends uh, the keyword okay. thursday doesn't seem to ring a bell to it at all
1: huh interesting don't you like um Oh, what this is going to look confused. Uh, Misha is going to look confused at the bartender, and be like, "Huh, it's interesting. I, ha- are are people having, are are people having an actual fight on Thursdays? Do our common enemy comes on Thursdays to have a brawl in this place?"
0: Well, you must be new here, darling. No, we don't have any enemies here besides the bureaucracy. No, we here just, we just like to have a good old fun time and let out our aggression. Because, you know, these boys and these women, they have a tough time of life. Well, What
1: are you here for? You don't seem to be here for the Thursday night brawl. Uh, I certainly am not. I had not heard of this tradition uh, at all. Uh, I heard that there is a certain um, quest that has been requested for uh for several <laughs> humans in this town
0: <laughs> yes we do we certainly have a question oh look it looks like we're waiting for one more person so now dear can you tell oh. me what your name is
1: oh certainly my name is uh my identifier is machine in suit of human armor a uh, dear 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 dear, dear, dear i can't Nobody's gonna be remembering
0: that, dear. Do you have, like, a nickname, like, a shortened version that normal folk can remember?
1: Uh, yes, yes, certainly. Uh, but I should first uh, explain the whole meaning of my nickname. Dear, 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 we
0: don't, we don't got time for this. You mention a couple of words and they just go over my head. So, like, could you just give me a shortened version or something like that? Uh,
1: uh, c- certainly, yeah, uh. uh you can shorten my long nomenclature as Misha Jarvis, at your service.
0: She's gonna look, uh, and she looks down and she, like, you can see her tapping on the first letter of every word of the name written there. And then she says, no, oh, it even's got that. It even has the at your service there at the end. Well, thank you so much, Misha. Uh, I'll get you seen soon. And she goes over to the door to the mayor's office and just turns around and she says, hey, everyone pop down for a moment. And the room just gets quiet. And she says, all right, now what I'm going to need is I'm going to need everyone who signed up for the mayor's quest. Uh, She opens the door. You can come right back through here, uh, and she'll see you shortly. Everyone else can continue. And you see everyone run back into a bar fight. And so, Misha, you see this door open, and you're going to walk in. But joining you, um, you see a couple of people stand up and join you. You see a young man who's been awkwardly sitting in the corner, like one of those corner tables, uh, just trying really, really hard not to get involved in this fight. So you see him, he's like 19 years, he joins you. You see an elderly woman who is knee-deep in the fighting. Uh, you see her just like kind of roll up her wrist and wipe off some of the blood uh, that's... We don't know if it her, it's hers or somebody else's, and she walks into the room. And then finally, you see a groggy man who has fallen asleep at a table his face into a half-eaten calzoon. Calzoons being the ninth world equivalent of a calzone. You see him look up, kind of sloppily wipe some of the cheese and tomato off of his face, and walk into the room. So that's the rest of the party. And so now you're gonna enter the party as a whole, you're entering a well-kept office. Uh, it's a pretty simple office, you see this kind of like what looks like a stool that's covered in a that's covered in a blanket, and then you see just a normal desk. Uh, and in front of the desk you see Mayor Sue Strongarm. So Mayor Sue Strongarm is this large burly woman wearing like farming mining overalls and then like a working shirt underneath it. Some of her clothing is ripped, which you can tell is clearly from the fighting, but it seems less like someone ripped it while they were fighting, and more just that her poor poor clothes couldn't, uh, take the stress of her muscles going full force. Because she is a ripped woman. Like strong arm is not a misnomer, uh, and so as you enter, you can see her writing a note to this bloodied man, uh, who's just standing in front of her, and she's just looking to him and she says, "Well, I'm really sorry, David. I know I went a bit too strong on you, uh, but if you go, uh, if you go just to the uh, to the capital city, just a little bit west of here, uh, go to the Queen's Manors and request to see a Mister Mako." Uh, Mr. Mako is a good friend of mine and the best medic I can see and he's currently working for Queen Queen Armalu and Charmande. Uh, Just go there show them this logo and you'll be perfectly fine and you can see her right on like a napkin uh, a logo that looks like there's an M and then there's a second M that's kind of stretched out beneath it with uh, its top points touching the bottom points and it kind of looks like there's an M and the other one is like one of those long vaudevillian mustaches at the bottom of the other one. <laughs> Does that make sense? Okay. What I'm describing. Um, yes. Okay. Me. So it's an <laughs> M, and the other one kind of looks like a mustache beneath it, like super long and straight. out. Like cult it
1: looks like Batman's costume. Looks like a tall hat.
0: <laughs> and that's for that's for Mr. Mako. Um, and so she shuffles the bloody man off. Uh, <laughs> It is not Wario and Waluigi. It is Damn not their it. mustaches. It is for Mr. Mako, thank you very much. Um And so Sue Sue comes to you over and she's like, Oh, you all you all must be uh you must be our questers. Uh you must be the ones who responded to our post. Well I'm really glad we're we're having a bit of difficulty here. Um But I'm I, I appreciate you taking the time. She kinda leans back against her desk is like, But but please don't I know I'm talking a little bit too much. Uh would you mind just introducing yourselves first so we, we can get an idea of who you are? Um, I, ju- I just think it's important to, you know, to kind of establish bonds of acquaintanceship before we go on a quest. You know, so at least we're quest acquaintances, you know?
1: Uh, so Misha's going to ro- jump right into it. And going to be like, oh, certainly. Um, I want to... But then uh, Misha's going to look at Hopper... I'm oh, sorry, at the sleeping guy on the table. I'm going to be like, well... Um, I do believe that in order to have acquaintances, everybody needs to be um, a- awake in order to see these acquaintances. And I do believe that not everybody is in this position right now.
2: A hopper has been like kind of rubbing his hand on the side of his jacket to like double check that he doesn't have food in his hands because when he heard like acquaintance, he was immediately going to be prepared to shake people's hands. But he doesn't. He's still kind of tired, so he doesn't notice the slight right away. So he's
1: just gonna turn from his hand and then look at Misha and say, "What?" He's like, "Oh, oh, excellent. Sorry, I do. I, I believe that you were not awake at the moment. Uh, was Thursday brawl too harsh on you?" No,
2: no, you know, I'm I'm sorry. It's it's been a long day. Um, look, hopper scotch, and then he extends his hand.
1: Uh, Misha's going to look.
3: Shock is going to awkwardly reach in and also try to do like a three way handshake. <laughs> and
2: then he response to that, like, accurately- <laughs> <laughs> in response to that, he's going to move his hand more into a handshake just with Zach and be like, "Hopperscotch," and reintroduce himself.
3: My name is Shock, and I uh, am a great wizard and also very, very dangerous and, and foolhardy, as uh, as was requested in in, in our in, in our job request. Yes, well, I'm very
0: qualified. I mean, that was uh, Susan O'Hugh. Well, dear, that was more just to uh, to scare away anyone who who might have their own selfish means. Um, if you've got a good heart, I think I think you'll be great. So uh, I guess I don't have any means, and I have a great heart.
2: Hopper's going to like withdraw his hand from Zach now, <laughs> and then give it back to Misha because I'm not sure if we ever shook hands, and Hop doesn't want to accidentally <laughs> be rude. She's gonna. Okay. All right, Sue's
0: so just going to kind of stare at you all a little bit, and then she's going to turn over to the person, to the elderly woman who hasn't been talking and say, well, how about you, ma'am? I haven't, uh, uh clearly these folks are, are well acquainted Strange. with each other. Well, I think that's a little, I think that's a little impolite to say, ma'am. Uh, I think these ju- folks just, you know, they're well acquainted, but I want to make sure you're acquainted too, so would you mind just telling us a little bit about
1: yourself? <clears> hmm. <throat> My name's Ellie. I may or may not have killed a man tonight.
0: No, it happens to the best of us.
1: I do like a woman with muscles. Uh, Anyway. She's uh, gonna
0: she's gonna pull out a sheet of paper that looks like it's some sort of like eulogy form and just start casually writing down on it as you continue.
1: Um as far as my traveling companions. How are you are you doing well I. Uh, you seem weird
2: realizing that he never shook her hand hopper again goes with <laughs> an outstretched hand as hopper scotch and and you are ellie ellie back ellie she's gonna take hopper's hand and squeeze very very hard and hopper was not his body <laughs> sorry go ahead with her handshake
3: Hopper was not prepared Shock for that. Tries to, oh! <laughs> Shock tries to do a three-way handshake yet again, and just sort of shake the outside of Ellie's hand as it squeezes uh, Hopper. Okay, that's... that. Uh, and he'll Michelle... say... Eh. Go ahead.
1: Uh, M- Misha's going to also try, like, upon realizing that handshaking is a thing, he's gonna try and, like, grab everybody's hands, but... He... They only have two hands, so it's going to be super awkward, like, trying to not let go of Hopper's hand. Trying to grab Sog's hand, and trying to, like, at the same time please, grab Ellie's right. Please stop.
2: Please,
3: please stop. I ran out of food a day ago, but other than that, I'm fine!
0: Ellie, <laughs> could you roll uh, a dice, please, for perception? Perception is when you try to see something you can't see.
2: Uh,
0: 17. All right, uh, as you look, you're going to see Sue is kind of looking down at herself a little bit, and she looks she looks a little hurt. You never offered to shake her hand. She she looks a little hurt about that.
2: I was just getting to hurt last. Okay, so I'm going to try to break out of Ellie's handshake. Do I need to roll for that? It's a very strong grip.
0: Uh, Ellie, are you going to keep holding on to her?
1: No, she's... Ellie's got other people to muscle into submission. Okay, I know. Yeah,
0: you going to wait fine. All
2: okay, right, Hopper's going to just... Trying not to be rude, but also trying to save his life. He's going to just wiggle himself out of Elliot's grip. And then also everyone else's, because everyone else is just <laughs> around him now. And he's going to kind of work his way across. And he's like, Madam Mayor, Hopper Scotch, uh, look forward to working with you.
0: She's going to shake her head. Well, it's great It's it's great to meet you, Mr. Mr. Scotch. Um, but... I'm afraid I, we still have no- I- I- I apologize, I still have no idea who the fuck any of you people are. Um, so if we could just go, no you know it's gonna be a little difficult, if we could go just one down the line, uh, and just kind of give a little more information about ourselves.
1: Um. She's gonna be like, but we're not standing in a line. Which-
0: Oh, I- you- you- you wanna start? That would be great. I would really appreciate that. Oh.
1: Oh, of course, Uh, I I was just pointing out that we were not standing in a line, but yes, I can certainly introduce myself. Um, Then, uh, Misha's gonna grab the hand of the mayor with both hands, because it's going to find, like, uh, they didn't do that before. And they're going to be like, "Um, yes, well, as I introduced myself previously to other people in this bar, uh, my identifier name is uh, Machine in Suit of Human Armor, just a rather barely intelligent system. But as I have had the um, fortune of understanding, humans do not seem to do well with long names as such. So I will respond as well to the shortened version of this nomenclature, which is Misha Jarvis. Um, and then it's going to like stand quietly.
0: Right, maybe we should just start getting the business. Have any of you heard of the town of Obsidian Bay?
2: Have any of us? I, I don't know.
0: I have not. So Obsidian Bay uh, is a town that opened rather recently. Like us, they share a, uh, the independence from the Queen. So they've uh, had very few trading partners and we've been one of them. They're a small mining facility right on the corner of the Black Riage. Uh, and what they do is they essentially forge for artifacts. And they trade that with us for for food and water, using this. And with that, she, rather dramatically, I must add, uh, grabs the kind of blanket carpet thing over the the footstool and pulls it back. And you see this, uh, not really ornate, this kind of crude bronze box, which some of you might recognize, and for those of you who don't, she'll explain it, as a way rail chest. What a way rail chest basically is, it's kind of like a drop box, but it's a physical drop box. Um, so there are essentially two of the same make of any kind. And you can put them in two different locations. And essentially, if someone puts something inside of the box and closes it, um, it's kind of in this weird Schrodinger's cat case where it's in both box and neither box at the same time. And then if the other person opens it up, they can, yank, they can pull out the object. So it's very good for instantaneous trade. She looks at all of you and says, and says so. Uh, a couple of the boys, when they first moved into Obsidian Bay, just found a just found a fuck ton of these, uh, and this is what we've been using for community for uh, for trade with the town. It's a bit weird because at first it, it didn't work. Uh, we thought there were a couple of other ones. They got sent to random other chests. Sometimes food would come back rotten, or we'd we'd send them you know we'd send them a blood barm, and they'd end up with a broken hound and. Well, you know that that just doesn't work out for anyone. Um, we had a lot of our best scientists work on it, but, you know, somehow it, it didn't work until, I don't know, one day one day it just did. So we've been communicating a lot with Obsidian Bay for the past couple of years, but in the past three months, their shipments have just stopped. They don't get food and we don't get items from them so uh, pretty soon after that I sent one of one of my men uh, William Bill Turing uh, not the smartest guy but he he makes a good deal. Uh, I sent him over to Obsidian Bay to uh, figure out what's going on. I haven't heard from him since and it's it's been a couple of weeks and I mean I don't like to catastrophize but I'm getting pretty worried so... Uh, the task for you guys is, as I said, I exa- we exaggerated, but it's really pretty simple. Uh, we just need you to uh, go over to Obsidian Bay. It's about a day's hike east. Um, figure out, you know, what what happened to Bill, and uh, and if you if you can figure out why they haven't been trading with us lately, uh, she leans over, you can actually get his share of the cup cut of what cut a, a cut of his of his of his money his pay because oh yeah so he did he didn't say his job no but you could cut money
1: so does, wow. does this mean the money is going to be called in half it's,
3: it's a matter that's what i was thinking
1: Hop-
2: <laughs> hopper just looks at both of them He said, no no it means we'd get a portion of
1: it so the money is going to be cut into little portions, and we're getting a portion of the money. Well, this is a really interesting form of currency. Oh, it's a I metaphor. Well, no, I, the money isn't oh. going to be f- physically cut. We're
2: not going to cut a coin in half, because then it would cease to be a coin, it's, and it wouldn't it's a do anything. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. But, ma'am, I'm an accountant. I can explain this real quick. See, when you have <laughs> money... That's what I, what I said. said. Wait, oh.
0: excuse me. Excuse me one second, sir you see like this rage spark in her eyes for a oh, moment no. before she takes some deep breaths and calms herself down that is correct a metaphor you will get the money he would have gotten if you can do his job for him does that does that he she looks at ellie does, does that make sense yes
1: I'll, yes
0: it does do, yes it does was i percent. talking to you
1: i'll fix this I-, I believe so. We will give you money.
0: Okay. What I need you to do is go to Obsidian Bay to the east, find a man named Bill, and figure out why they aren't trading with us. Does that make sense?
3: Shock is going so. to nod like, and start slowly yeah. backing up towards the door.
1: Misha is going to reply with a exactly as a slow tone. Yes, it definitely makes sense.
0: Alright. Um, one thing before you go, uh, uh, is she pulls out a picture, like a little diagram of something, and it kind of looks like a kind of looks like a stopwatch. And she says, uh, this is, this is some of Bill's. He calls it his pocket compressor. Uh, he uses it to store things, I think. You know, he never really explained it that well, but he keeps it on him with all time. This, this pocket compressor, this PC, he calls it. Uh, so, I mean, if you can find this, you'll you'll probably have a good shot of finding Bill. Otherwise, I'd, I don't know. The man's a drunkard, so you can probably, if there's alcohol, you'll probably find him. Can do. Great.
2: Um. Hopper tips his hat and says, well, we'll be on our way then, Madam Mayor. I'll expect to get back to you soon.
0: All right, you leave the room and you see the mayor just put her heads into her hands and you kind of see her back heaving a little bit. She may or may not be crying with exasperation. Uh, we're not quite sure. Um, it's It's been a rough, a rough five minutes for her. Um, so... Uh, yeah, do you want anything- do you have anything you want to do, or do you want to get, uh, do you want to get right to the- right to the quest?
1: Hopper's ready go, to go. before shock?
2: we leave- oh. Got go,
0: no, you go ahead
3: first.
1: <laughs> before we leave, Ellie just turns back to the mayor. You know you could've just sent me. It probably would've been a better idea. Rude.
0: Right. She pulls out a couple more eulogy forms in preparation. <laughs> All right, Shock, what do you want to do? Once we get outside of the room,
3: Shock is just going to turn to Misha and telepathically say,
1: Are you a machine? Uh, I mean, <laughs> so Misha's going to uh, look at Sog. Um, can I? So, how does your telepathic thing work? Can I speak telepathically back to you?
3: Uh I think so. It's let me let me look at the wording, but I I, I was at least
0: interpreting it as we could communicate wirelessly. Uh, oh fun. Yeah he talks he, without worrying uh, about So, Shock is Donatello, he talks to machine he does the machines.
1: Okay, fun. Yes. So uh is just going to look at uh at so- Sock a little surprised and nod and then is going to answer and are you not?
3: I I mean, well, I I like to think that I'm as much machine as I am human. I I was raised by machines, actually. I I grew up a oh. machine. Um, I so I I guess I am technically a human, but I've I've got machine parts. Uh, oh. So I'm 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 like a machine, kind of.
1: That is that is quite intriguing.
3: It's strange. A lot of
0: things are strange.
1: So are you guys just are you guys just staring oh. off into space this whole time?
0: At <laughs> each other, but yeah, yes. none of you can hear a single word they're saying. You know, you're just like staring there as they like do a, It looks like it looks like they're having a staring contest, and you two are just like there.
2: At least just watching in
1: confusion
2: and judgment. Um, Hopper went to the bar to get some water because he drank a little bit too much when he took a nap. <laughs> okay, safe kid.
0: Well, of course there dear uh, is is this for here or is this for the road?
2: Uh yeah,
0: for the road. All right then. She pulls out what looks like a little a little plastic a little plastic cup and just dips up, puts all the water in it and says, "All right, now are are you going to be okay with this or do you want me to put a lid on it?"
2: I'll be okay.
0: All right. Good luck, dear. I, th- I, You'll do great.
2: Thank you. And then he's going to turn around and walk and be like, God, this town is confusing <laughs> to himself.
3: Perfect. Uh, Shock is also going to do the hand touch back uh, and then say out loud, We're going to be such great
0: friends. I haven't met anyone like you <laughs> since I've been traveling. For anyone listening, uh, Misha in, in our voice chat did the Tarzan Jane like heart thing, uh, like
1: the, the, the hand thing, yeah. Okay. So until so is gonna be like, yes, what makes what parts of you makes you human and what parts of you makes you machine? That is, this is quite intriguing. I've never met anyone quite, quite like you before.
3: Oh well, I'm glad you asked. And so Shock takes off his hood, uh, and he lifts up a tuft of hair, and you see like a disk drive in the side of his head. Uh, The left side of his head to be specific, and he lifts open a flap of like that looks like skin, but it's it's just a little flap on the uh, on the side of it, Uh, and pulls out a couple of chips from the inside and says, "My spell book," Uh, and slots them
0: back in, and who knows what else is a machine?
1: Huh.
0: All right
3: now,
1: dear,
0: dear, dear. I don't mean to be much of a hassle. But we are a fight in town, but we don't want to go into these gross extremities. If you could just take that outside, I would really appreciate it. All right, fine, I guess.
3: Shock just sort of huffs and flips up his hood again. says, a wizard leaves only when he chooses to. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then just walks out, out trying to swish
0: his robe about him a little bit. All right, so you all very dramatically leave the bar, uh, and are we gonna head straight for Obsidian Bay? Yes. Well,
2: Hopper yeah, is. I don't have any money. No.
0: Was,
3: there, <laughs> so any, was there anything anyone wanted to do before then? So Shock looks at everyone and says, do do they, do they give us the food before we do the job, or, or after we do the job? What food? You're like, oh, so you do-, you do I, I was under the impression that you did work, to get food uh and that's important because i haven't had food for about a day or so
1: well i mean sometimes but this is this is a paying job the ad said money right oh so the food is the thing that gets split in half not no, the money. no no no
2: no i guess that no. would make more sense um, no uh <laughs> all
3: right uh, okay okay but but in that case how how can i exchange this money for food I, I know it's valuable, but I've been—it's it, a long story. I, I haven't really had a chance to use
0: shins before. Almost by fate, you hear a voice ringing down the corner. Hot hounds! Hot hounds for sale!
2: Come and get your nice, tasty midnight hot hounds! <laughs> Hopper points at him and says, there's a guy. You but just, it's not midnight. I will tell you how much his food costs, and then you give him that many shins. You know you don't have to pay for food. I have food. No, you have to pay for food. Oh, oh, you're offering. No, well, I have, have food. If, I'm,
1: I'm giving him food. If, Wait, one sec. One sec. Ellie reaches into her hat and by the tail pulls out a large rat. Grows It's dead.
2: It's dead.
0: It's been dead for a very long time.
2: Hopper Too long. looks back from the rat to shock, and then says, so there's a hot hound guy right over there, and he'll just tell you how many shins his actual food costs. This is
3: food. Now that's, now that's simple enough. That's simple enough. But, I can eat this rat now and save the shins to buy other things later. It's, it's just, it's a smart choice.
1: I mean, yeah. Uh, she's going to be like, oh. I, I do believe those, those animals have tendencies to cause disease to a certain race of humans. Uh, no, or a certain, oh, you, just yeah. gotta,
3: you just gotta cook them properly. That's that's actually the easy part. I'm not dead yet. I've, I've had to eat rats many times. Oh. Alright.
1: Oh, I see. Interesting that you eat food.
0: So, Tom, are you gonna eat the rat?
1: Well, I mean, not right
3: here and now. We've gotta cook it and clean it.
2: What?
0: But,
3: uh... Shock's um, not a barbarian.
2: Well, look. If you're gonna cook the rat, that's fine. But maybe you should do that later, so that we can get a. St- like, what time is it? Is it noon? Like,
0: it's it's evening. It was an evening, Barbara.
2: Okay. But I think so. We... Like, if
0: you if you leave now, you could get to Obsidian Bay by maybe mid late afternoon tomorrow.
2: Okay. Um.
0: By walking through the night. Yeah. Well, you you could sleep for like. 30 minutes. Well, if
2: it's the evening, sorry, I thought it was, like, midday. Um, I forgot it was evening. If it's evening in that case, Hopper said, well, if you want to just leave tomorrow morning and get there like, late tomorrow, that would be fine, and then you could cook your rat, I guess. But, you know, the bar, the tavern, has really good calzoons. Calzoons. <laughs>
3: What's a calzoon?
2: I'm glad you asked. <laughs> a calzoon is, like, dough and then there's tomatoes and cheese and they put a lot of meat in this one and normally I don't eat that much meat but like it's really good meat in here and they're really filling and delicious you know not enough people appreciate them like I had to ask them here to make it special because it wasn't a normal menu item who wouldn't have a calzoon as a normal menu item
0: welcome everyone to chef friends everyone's (laughs) favorite role-playing cooking podcast where we talk about all sorts of food Jacques looks down at the rat,
3: hands it back to Ellie and says, Thank you very much. But I came here to learn, and that means I'm going to eat a kalzoon today.
2: Hopper is really surprised that someone actually took his recommendation for a kalzoon. So he's gonna be Lead kind- the
3: way, Hopper Scotch. <laughs> and he punctuates okay. this with a dramatic point.
2: Okay. He's Hopper's like kind of jumping up and down a little bit. He's that excited, then he runs back in to the tavern, screaming all right (laughs) one of your finest Uh, kelzoons (laughs) ma'am
0: all right well we'll get to the plot (laughs) next episode I guess hey everyone it's me Kyle the GM the guy you've been listening to for the past hour thank you so much for listening to the first episode of quest friends A podcast that's gonna come out every other Monday because I don't got the time to make more of these. The intro song for this podcast is Friends by Miracle of Sound and the outro song is Hitoshio, also by Miracle of Sound. I'm really thankful of the fact that such a big content creator is so generous in the stuff he shares, so please, you know, reward that by watching his stuff. Also, reward yourself by listening to some dang good tunes. Speaking of rewarding dang good stuff, if you like this podcast, You know, leave leave a comment, leave a like, post it on your blog, post it on your vlog, post it on your frog. You know, we're really small, currently we don't have the money to do any sort of, you know, advertising, so, you know, a a single person is going to make a big deal uh, to us just from, like, an emotional feeling, feeling good standpoint. But if you like what you listened to today, the really big thing is to just find a way to keep up with us, follow us on Podbean, follow us on iTunes, and we will see you again for our next episode on Monday, October 9th.